Welcome back to How to Get Scouted. This is episode 11 yep. with Drew and Olu. And we're back again with psychotherapist and counsellor Neil Trotman. I'm sure you heard him in the last episode where we spoke about uh, some of the difficulties one might find when you first get scouted and you end, end up being signed to a team. And it's all very exciting. And then maybe you start losing your confidence or you become too arrogant. That was the last episode. And this one, we're going to talk about what happens when you get released or dumped or dropped or what are the other words that we could use? Um, being told you're not good enough. Um, no longer needed. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I think the last bit there, no longer needed, is really key because that's the feeling you actually do get. Like, you, you've at one point you was a part of a team and basically the whole club saying, you're no longer needed anymore. We don't want you in a way. See you later. Um, because they don't believe you probably never hear from that club again. So, uh, sometimes the club is kind of outside, out of mind, and then you're kind of left to it really to kind of fend for yourself, unless you haven't got the right support network there. Well, before you get released, do you, did you, when you got released, did you feel like, oh, I think it's coming? Like you had a vibe, a feel like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's this week they're going to tell me, like an instinct. <clears throat> um, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of 50-50 because I felt I did enough to get myself um, an extended contract, but also there's always that element of doubt. And I said, well, if it didn't, it might be because of this, but you don't really, you, you, you're told to stay positive. You don't want to think about the negative. So yeah, if you're positive, 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 and that negative hits you, it's like, oh, I didn't really prepare for that in a way. I didn't really prepare for being negative. So it, it came as a shock. Yeah, because actually, obviously everybody tells you to be positive, which is great, which is fine. It's probably what you should do. But if you're positive, 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 and then that's taken away from you, you have to really be negative. I think that is a bit of a shock, even though you're in the back of your mind, it is about you do feel like, oh, I could get released, but you don't want to think about that because I want to stay positive. And um, I mean, that does happen. It's, it's a massive shock to the system. What was it like for you, Olu? Uh, for me, I was devastated. Um in fact, the train journey back to London, I was crying my eyes out because then I had to go back to my family and obviously, um, you know, spread the news. So, yeah, I think you're in a shock for like probably for the two, first two weeks and then some longer, some shorter, but then, you know, you kind of have to jump back into reality and um, use that that's something to fire you up to obviously go back to get another opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's important to know, um, you said two weeks to kind of recharge in a way and get yourself fired up to go again. Some people don't have that. Some people might not have that resilience and they need somebody like yourself, myself, to really help and get back to that point again because it's not easy because you don't. they don't know when you get released, you're going home to your family and you don't know what's happening going on in your family. There's real life there. Um, family member could be ill or family member could be passed away. So you're trying to think there's a lot of stuff to deal with here. How am I going to get, how am I going to regroup? Because meanwhile, that's going on in my football in my life. But I go to family life, there's other stuff going on as well. So it's really, really hard to kind of um, separate them both. And again, that's why I feel um, I hope it can be really, it can be ideal there because ultimately for something you've 
um, dreamt about probably since seven days, probably about six, seven, you want to be a footballer. And fast forward 10, 11 years, you've been told, no, you're not being a footballer. So throughout your kind of life up until then, it's just been football, football, football. Basically, someone has said, no, you can't have that football anymore. So basically, see you later. It's like, wow, what do I do now? My whole identity is lost because I thought I was going to be a footballer. People said it was great. People said I'm going to play for England. Um, I even went to a, a professional football club. I was like in a bracket of 0.001% of mm. getting there. And uh, and also the club tell you're going to be great as well. The club, um, they have a bit of responsibility as well because they say you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine up until you're not. Yeah. And then, um, and then, and then, then you kind of release and you're like, wow, who am I? Because your identity is lost. And like, I thought I was a footballer. And then somebody's telling me I'm not a footballer. So it's like you go into your family. It's like, like who am I really? And then... Again, that's a challenge as well. We're trying to um, speak to your family about it because, again, if you're in football, you get it. But if you're not, you just feel like, oh, just go to another club, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. But it's, no, it's not. It's not as easy as that, especially if um, depending on what type of club you've come from. And sometimes even your performance may drop because, of course, your confidence uh, will lower. So um, I think the most important thing is the bounce back. Of course, Course. Like it's so important and obviously you you must speak to players about you know how they could bounce back and and what sort of things do you um advise them on um, is really perspective recognize where you're at um the fact that you was in a training like that for how for, usually if it's you team for two years it shows that you're in a small percentage of people who are actually unbelievable and i always get them to reflect on their good game and I, was, I asked him, if you could reflect on that, go back to that good game, if you can have 30 games a season like that, do you feel like you could have um, got a contract? And I said, yeah, of course, because when I was good at the match, I was great. So, okay, so what is it? What's not making you kind of get to those levels? What was going on in your life at that time to kind of make your form dip? Or what was going on in the changing room with the manager? What wasn't allowing you to really express yourself the way you did when you got man of the match? And sometimes it could be something outside of football, something with family, which affects them um, the playing something within the team, something the manager said. Because sometimes with managers, I'm not going on at managers, but the way they talk to people is kind of like a one size fits all, and it's not the case. And um, the man managing is is my management is so important because if you shout at one player and another one, I'm, you're thinking, well, this is what I was like when I was playing football towards the end. That's why I got into psychology. I was like, no, I don't think you should have shouted that player because he would have reacted differently if you would have spoke to him aside and been kind of more of a calmer approach. You would have got more out of him while having an all guns blazing because people go in the shell. It's, it's normal life just because your football doesn't mean you um you can just take everything um because also if you're a young kind of i still call them young kids really because from six you've just been told you're great and you haven't really been kind of um let into the real world in terms of how to do with your finance you know nine to five jobs there's no nine to five jobs when you're that age you just want to play football so um ultimately you're kind of a child so if you're being shouted at you're going to respond like a child and maybe go in yourself or maybe just kind of stay away from everything. So it's really important to kind of get that man management going and um, really understand what gets you going. How was it? Yeah. Do you need to be shouted at? Do you need to be kind of pulled to a side and explain what goes on? Do you need somebody just to say, come on, you're better than that. Do you know what I mean? Just certain triggers which get you going. And sometimes if that trigger's not there in a the club, you can't um, play to your best ability. I mean, that's what Alex Ferguson, he was kind of great at doing that. So he would shout at a senior player but it's more directing to, to um, to you know, like a youth player, one of the younger players. Um, so he wouldn't shout at the younger players directly, but 
it would it would make them say, oh, I've you know I've got up my game now. Yeah, he knows the lesson. It's like an indirect kind of message to him, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, but when you do get released, it's so hard because just go back to the original point. It's really hard because again, it's like how do I kind of regroup? Who am I? Because I don't know who what I am. Of, what sort of feelings would does one have when after you know, like an hour later, when you suddenly realise I'm leaving? What actual feelings can can someone go through? Um, embarrassment. I was I was embarrassed if I'm being honest because um, my friends and family. Um, there's a lot of high hopes there for football because people don't know someone. A lot of people may not know, but but when you're in football, it's complete. You're so far off the first team, you don't realize. But when people see you in a professional club, it's, oh, you're going to make it. You're going to be great. Or my mate plays football. He's going to be for England. He's going to play for England. He's going to play for the first team one day. And um, obviously, social media now is crazy as well. So once that's kind of gone, you're like, oh, can I tell my friends that I want to tell my family? It's really embarrassing actually because. They thought was this, but really I'm not now because I'm not a footballer. So there's embarrassment, there's um isolation, there's complete sadness because your dreams are completely shattered. Like who are you? Um, your identity is completely gone. Somebody's told you you can't be somebody you've always dreamt of being, which is a footballer. Um, and then what's the next move? Like, what's what's my next club gonna be? Are people really gonna um sign a player who've been released? But you'd be surprised, there's probably more people who have been released make it in the game. They're the ones who stayed there, stayed there, and obviously they ultimately fizzle out. Sometimes getting released at an early age gives you enough time to recover, recharge, and go again because you've experienced something which you don't want to experience again. So you're more determined, you're more aware, and you use that as like um, a drive really to get you through certain things. Because I see that really for a young person to kind of get his dreams shattered, it's like trauma in a way. It is so, um, and I always call it PTSG. So it's post traumatic um, growth. So what you learn from that is something which is really going to get you through and it's going to make you determined. And sometimes you need to be, you need to kind of have a setback to really go further as well. So once you know that, um, that feeling of being released, you know, you don't want it anymore. I don't want this feeling ever again. So I'm going to try my best to get to this point where, yeah, I feel in control. I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm going to have some bad games, but I know I can play a good game. So it's that belief as well and getting things in place mentally to kind of, know that okay if i have a bad game i know how i can think in terms of getting myself to a better stage again that's where i come in so i always think about the positives when you do feel low i mean you are low remember what it was like when it was great remember the things you did remember the things you um you didn't do and try trying to get to a better point where you can actually perform and recover some might say not going back into football don't want to play another game ever again just going to get on with my life that must happen as well. Yeah, and that's fine. They might realise that this game isn't for me. Um, they felt like um, the enjoyment is something which is not it's, it's not there. Um, they may have just enjoyed playing Sunday League where there was no pressure. There was nothing in there for me. It was just fun. And um, sometimes when you go to a professional club, that fun is kind of saps out. It's more intense. It's more on a line. Um, fans are involved. Um, you're like, yeah, is this even worth it? Like, I, I when I was playing Sunday League, that's kind of because people get into football because of Sunday League, they enjoy it so much to a point where people recognize how much fun you're having with your mates. So, yeah, let's go into a first team, let's get into um, an academy, and that academy is completely different to um, to play with your mates in a park where you can completely express yourself where there's no worries. I mean, there's um, something on the line like academies, it's um, it's tough, and people are like, no, this isn't this is not why I got into football. 
to feel like this. I don't like feeling like this. And some people just go away from football. I speak to a lot of um, ex-players who are just completely going out of the game. And I said, no, I'd rather just pursue another dream. It could be building. It could be whatever it is. But no, football's not for me, which is okay. So there's hope. Always. Football is always going to be a small part of your life. It's true. Football from 16 and you're only in the game for probably 15, 20 years. You've got the rest of your life to live. And football is only a small part of your life, really. And if you can kind of, if you do want to get out of football and kind of start your life, yeah, because you're always going to be at this point where you're going to have to start fresh from football anyway, regardless if it's 16, 18, in your 20s or even in your 30s. At one point, you're still going to have to focus on your life outside of football because it's always going to happen. Yeah, I mean, no, I think you've hit, hit all the points there. Um, especially as well, as a kid, if you're dreaming of football, 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 but then you realise that it's a small part of your life. Like, my dad always told me that it's a short career. So you have to think of after. And most players, in fact, they don't even think um, of, you know, after they retire, which is, I mean, which adds to the point of, most footballers being bankrupt, uh -huh. you know, especially as well if they're not having, you know, a backup plan and they don't start planning, you know, three, four years before they're about to uh, retire. Uh -huh. Can I just quickly add something on that? Um, also about retirement and also in football. Sometimes when you're in football and you've got something else on the side to repair you outside of football can actually help you feel, can actually make you perform better in football because it's less pressure. You know, you've got something else, which is um, not just football. So when you're performing, um, knowing that there's something else other than what you're doing, it helps you give you, it helps you relax a bit more. There's more to you than being, being a footballer. Don't get me wrong, being a footballer is fantastic. And if you're dedicated to your job, that's great. But that's in football, what you're doing outside of football to help yourself post football as well. It's, so, it's, it's really important. And also, people who are stuck in football, like you said, um, Olu, and obviously they go bankrupt and everything else, you're thinking, what did they have in place outside of that to make them feel better when they retire? And sometimes even the bucket, even the support, even the advice, that's, it's not there sometimes. And I feel like a lot, because really, they've been straight out of school. They've gone straight into football. So they're still kids. There's no time to kind of develop um into an adult because in football you're just being told to dedicate yourself to football you're great you're fantastic it's quite unrealistic if you think about it imagine going to a train every day or even with work somebody saying oh you're great you're fantastic or you're just superb or even the opposite where you go into a football game and people calling you this that and the other fans other players maybe coaches it's just unrealistic it really is and you've got the pressure outside as well because if it was a nine to five it'll, it wouldn't happen would it really if it was a normal nine to five job really yeah. and then um, Sorry, go on. No, no, I was just gonna say no. You're you're spot on because I was um I was watching a, a podcast. It's called Ballers Talks, and uh, most of them they play football, but they're also doing something on the side. And they said that the the stuff that they're doing on the side takes a lot of pressure off them, especially when they're on the field. And like in football, especially when you're playing in front of huge amount of fans right the pressure's really on so you need something to come away from that you know and then go back in so yeah. it's kind of like a relief for them yeah no i agree um just to compare it to nine to five you have your nine to five job but outside your nine to five you have your life yeah don't you you have yeah. your life where you can actually 
figure out who you are, you have your family, friends, and where you kind of have your other interests. That's sometimes what you should do in football as well. You have your football, which you are committed to, which is great. But what are you doing outside of football to really figure out who you are, to really kind of establish your identity as well? And that helps. It's major, actually, if I'm being honest. I always say to um, footballers who are out of the game, footballers who are retired, I'm like, so stripping back to before you play football in school or whenever it was, what were your interests? Like, who are you? Because you've just been playing football. Like, that's all you are, really. But before that, what's what was actually going on? Like, what are you into? Like, you could be into other sports, could be into whatever it may be. Like, what are your interests? And um, once you get that going, you start to kind of resurface the kind of person who you actually originally were, really, to start off with before you got into football. Is it possible um, when you're at an academy, say you go when you're 16, to study for A-levels at the same time? Yeah, I think you do go college. Um, depending on how well you've done in school, then the club will, be, um, will probably have to kind of, if you get all A's, then you can't just forget about that. I think they'll put you onto a different kind of scheme, which is kind of relevant to your kind of results, really. And by 16, do you really know what you want to do? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I still um, don't know what I really want to do. <laughs> um, but also, you could, if, if you get released, you could go back into education, get yourself educated. That's another option. Yeah, I did. Um, I retired at 27, actually. Um, so to do that, you could probably say I was relatively kind of late, really. But to get released at 18, and to get into a different, start a new kind of um, profession or even go into education is great. It's, it's, it's what you do at uni, really, isn't it? At that point. So um, it's never too late. I'm, I'm a prime example. I was 27 when I decided to go into psychology. So before years, and now I'm really kind of um, embracing the, who I am. It's my identity. I love football. There's a time where I didn't love football because of obviously what happened, the injuries, had a stroke, they'd been released several times, the fans, everything, having the bad games. But when you think about it, it was just a part of my life, which is, it was it was a job. It was an interest which turned into a job, if you actually think about it. Um, so I had to go outside and I realised, yeah, this is real life, this. I need to really figure out who I am outside of football. Football will always be my, um, like my first love. It is. Football is always my first love, which I really appreciate. But sometimes your first love isn't always the um, the lasting love, but you can learn from that. Teach them valuable lessons. Yeah, of course, because it's who you are now. Like um, your childhood is football, really, isn't it? If you think about it. And uh, don't be wrong, I'm really grateful for what football has done for me. But at the same time, it was always going to be temporary. It's not something which is uh, going to be long-term. And if we can have the experience of gain from that, which will help me now help people are inside football see the wider world in a way yeah no definitely I've this is something that most of the young people listening to this that they need to hear is that of course football's our love but it's not everything and you also need to have a plan b even yeah. though most people say I've got a plan a because I really really want to make it but you need to come back to reality because even when you do retire then you'd be going back to your plan B. Yeah, exactly. So you could be, someone gets released at 18, the plan B is really key, isn't it? Yeah, plan B becomes plan A. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, at 18, you could probably say it takes a couple of years and then maybe 21, 22, you're established, you know who you are, you know where you're going in that plan B, which is now plan A. At 36, when you've been the average age of retiring sometimes, probably less actually, they're still going to plan B. So that 18 year old who got released a few years ago is now ahead of the kind of the game in a way because somebody who's 36 is now going back to that plan B. 
for them having to start again. A lot of players have to start again because they haven't had anything outside of football when they were in football. So it's really key to kind of do something outside of it. And also it'll improve your game as well. Knowing that you don't have nothing is and not everything's on the line, it helps you relax a bit more, really, you knowing that you've got something else. It's true, because you train for like two, two hours, three hours max, right? Obviously, after you 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 know, you do one hour, 30 minutes pitch work, then obviously probably another hour, 30 minutes in the gym, and then you've got the whole day to yourself. Exactly. Football, one thing you, you get out of football this time. <laughs> you definitely yeah. get back to yourself and um try something, try a course, it could be anything. Even if it's not the right thing, you're still learning something about yourself. I mean, something comes about, it's like, no, I did that. I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to go this kind of, I'm going to take this route. You're finding more about yourself by putting yourself in situations, which is kind of outside of football, really. Even if it's not for you, you'll know what is for you because you've tried the things, what is it for you effectively, really. So um, it's key to, if you've got spare time, Google something. All it takes is a course and the PFA, they'll help you as well if you are, if you are signed for the PFA. And um, just other courses online as well. It's just uh, all it takes is a nice little Google search to see kind of online courses or interests which you might be um, available online. Neil, thank you so much. Before we release you one more time for the last time, no uh, uh, you can find Neil neiltrotman.com. Is that right? Yes, it is um, Neil N E A L Trotman T R O T M A N dot com and um yeah all my information will be there and, okay uh, and if you are looking for counseling or therapists nearer you uh where who do you go to what sort of services online where can you look what what associations are there available um the psychology today um counseling direct um bantam which is the black and african mental health yeah the bacp register also it's important to know that a lot of footballers uh, might be too tired to travel. So Zoom is always available for therapy. Um, it's always available, even if it's just a phone call. And there's always a way. I always say that there's always a way. And I know that some therapists will, if 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 someone can't afford the full price, some therapists will offer to help uh, at a lower cost. Of course. Of course. Um, for the reason to get into this to help people, not to make money really <laughs> the reason why you, you want to help people and sometimes people just need that kind of in and if that means um lowering the price whatever it is it's kind of um it goes about saying really thank you so much neil great to talk to you thanks again neil no problem at all thanks for your time really appreciate all the it. best all the best thank you